Okay, let's just go over the last couple lines of the new sugya. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, If a baby is born on Cholamoid and he has excessive hair, that's not comfortable. You're allowed to cut it off on Cholamoid. Why? Based on the principle we had, you don't have a jail greater than this. Meaning to say, the mother's womb. Therefore, how could the Avaska baby to cut his hair before Cholamoid if he wasn't born? So just like a guy comes out of jail on Cholamoid, he's allowed to take a haircut because he couldn't have a haircut beforehand. Same for the baby could not, who was born on Cholamoid can't have a haircut beforehand. Now what's the implication of that? Implication is, Bumoid in... If he's born on Cholamoid, yes, then he can get a haircut. But the implication is Mi'ikara, but if he was born before Cholamoid and there was a chance to give him a haircut, but we didn't give him a haircut, lo, then he can't get a haircut on Yontif. That seems to be what Shmuel is saying. Cholamoid. So now, Gomorrah's going to ask, that's where we ended off yesterday. Now Gomorrah's going to ask a question on that premise that a baby... Uh, a, a minor who didn't take a haircut before Yontif cannot get one on Cholamite. Masi Rapinchas. Rapinchas asks a question from the following Brisa. Hey, you got to be very careful in understanding the Brisa because it's talking all in positives, not in negatives, as we'll see in a minute. Brisa is the following rule. Any people who the rabbi said they can get a haircut on Cholamoid. Let's say who couldn't do it before and a guy gets out of jail. So anyone who could get a haircut on Cholamoid, now we're going to make a bridge. And this is going to be the, the, the uh, segue into the second half of Meseches Moid Cutten, which is the laws of mourning. Really, if you look at Moid Cutten, there's two main topics, Chol HaMoid and mourning. And what do the two have to do with each other? Well, this is the line that's going to tell us. Anybody who we've given special uh, comp, uh, dispensation to get a haircut on Chol HaMoid, even though you're not supposed to, guy who comes from overseas, the guy who comes out of jail, this and that. If he's allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid, Mutter legaleach avelo. They're permitted to cut their hair during the days of their mourning. In other words, if the guy, for whatever reason, would have wanted to have a, taken a haircut, but he was away, and now he's coming uh, back during the time of Shiva, and he couldn't get a haircut beforehand, he can get a haircut. Okay, yes. Because that's the, we're equating the prohibitions on Cholamoid and the prohibitions on during Shiva. Okay. Now, laws of mourning have to be kept by everybody. For a parent, child, spouse, sibling, for all of these relatives, except parents, there are two... Dis- okay, it's going through the halachas of that. We don't. We know that already. Shloshim, etc., etc. But isn't it... Oh, right? Wait. 
So now, during the 30-day mourning period, one may not cut his hair. However, if the mourning period commences immediately after the mourner has one of the experiences described in the Mishnah, okay, so, for example, should one become a mourner immediately upon his return from overseas? He just came back from overseas, and now he's a mourner. So he didn't, he didn't have a chance to get a haircut before, and, and now he's a mourner, he's allowed to cut his hair. Okay, that's the rule. Whoever has the dispensation to cut his hair for legitimate reasons where he wasn't able to do it before Yontif, if he can cut his hair on Kolomoid, he can cut his hair during those, with those same circumstances during the time of his being a mourner. Only one stuff. Gets back. He cuts his hair once. The next twenty nine days, he can't cut his hair. Well, you don't yeah. need to get a haircut oh, okay. after you got the haircut already. He got the haircut, yeah. right? So that's right. Uh, but the problem, right? But it's not because it was it was beyond his control. What do you want? The guy already has long hair. He would like to. He couldn't get a haircut overseas. So now he comes back. He wants to get a haircut. He's a mourner. He's not allowed to get a haircut. So the point is, you're not allowed to get a haircut. Mourner, you're not allowed to get a haircut. And therefore, whoever is permitted to get a haircut on Cholamoid, that same person has this allowance for the times of being a mourner. I have a question. Why are we using those two sort of to compare to each other? Because the reason you can't get a haircut on Cholamoid is because it's like a yantif, so you can't you shouldn't be doing things like cutting your hair, right? Sort of Valianta, right? In or general. A mourner shouldn't be so concerned about his appearance. That's why we care about the mirrors, you don't get a haircut. Not anything to do with, with being kind of a Yanta. So why do we use those two the, to compare to, to draw The question values? is in terms of focus. In other words, why do we generally uh, not do uh, various malachas. Remember, on yontif, the focus is to focus on the yontif. Right? And doing certain things will not have you be properly prepared for the yontif. Uh, and you, or you shouldn't be spending your time taking a haircut on cholamoid. You're supposed to be focused. This, this, I hear what you're asking, but the answer is each one, there's a unique focus that we want the person to have and he shouldn't be uh, distracted from that focus. Yontif, you have to do everything to focus on how good HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to me, how, how I rejoice with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? Let's, let's go back to, in let's, let's go back to regular. You're not supposed to work on Cholomoyed in general. Why? No. So, to, be, to be focused on being with Hashem. Correct? Right. Uh, what's the purpose of a yontif for? To relax and go have fireworks? Like a goy has a yontif? Jews have a yontif to get close to Hashem, to fear Hashem, to be to re appreciate being in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we want you to be focused on that. And therefore, we don't want you to be distracted from activities that are not germane to the yontif. Okay? So that's the general rule. Okay? Now, now then we have all these other rules that spin off of that. So, you know, you're not supposed to take a haircut. The haircut alone is an activity that could take you away from your focus. 
But on the other hand, okay, well, listen, you know, you have to look nice for Yad. Well, why didn't you look nice for him beforehand? But th- this is, we're letting him take a haircut, even though, so we don't normally take haircuts, because when you're going to the barber, you're not having a focus on the yantif. Okay? And so now, uh, morning, what's the purpose of mourning? Focus on the deceased. Well, well f- focus on the deceased, but also to get close to Hashem. To Hashem yes. Just like Tishabov is called a moed. Tishabov is called a moed. What does moed really mean? Not holiday. Moed comes from the word vad. Vad means a meeting. The holidays are a time where we meet with Hashem. That's why it's called a moed, where we're usually very busy, we're very distracted. Yontif, we're just totally focused on meeting HaKadosh Baruch Hu and growing from that experience. Chol HaMoed is no less important than that. We give certain dispensations because if you can't make food, you can't live. Things you must have, right? And just like a mourner, a mourner is allowed to make himself breakfast, even though there's people cook for them, but that's not really the, the pure halacha, except in one case when he comes back from the funeral. But in other words, you, you don't work, you're not supposed to go to work on Cholomoid unless you have to. You're not supposed to work when you're a mourner unless you have to. So Shelly, you could ask your question on that. Why, why what, what, what does one have to do with the other? The answer is because you're both of them. You're meeting with Hashem. There's a, there's a, a uh, there's an importance to meet with Hashem to appreciate all the goodness that Hashem does for you. It's important to meet with Hashem to accept what He does to you, even though it doesn't appear He's being kind to you, but to understand that He is being kind to you. So just like just like you can't work on Tisha B'av. why not? It's not a holiday. It's a sad day. So what? It's a time when you meet with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when you're meeting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you cannot be distracted from meeting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's why there's a, a, a similarity between Chol HaMoed and mourning. And therefore it's saying, so therefore whatever rules we're going to say by one, we'll say by the other. Normally, you're not supposed to get a haircut on Chol HaMoed. Ah, but wait a minute. Maybe it should be a leniency because it's a need. Yeah, but if it's such a need and Cholamoid is so important, why don't you get a haircut beforehand? Right? So now we have to, so now I have to punish you, whatever. But, so the same thing, but being a mourner, you can't always expect to be a mourner. So there's halachas of mourning, you can't get a haircut. But if he was not able to get a haircut, because it wasn't beyond circumstances beyond his control, so we'll be lenient in there. So therefore, there's that parallel between Cholamoid and morning. Answer the question? Okay, I'm still not. What do you... What do you what, so what, like, like, okay, so can a mourner use it right during their shiva? I mean, like, if you write something... He shouldn't. But unless... Again, you're missing the, the point. You know... You can certainly write on Cholamoid if it's something that's very necessary. Same thing on during a mourner. When you are mourning, people, again, the same people who don't understand and are not observing Cholamoid properly are the same people who are not observing Shiva properly and mourning properly. 
It's the same thing. Okay, let me explain. In many a secular place, or even religious place, you know, there's halachas of mourning, and most people do not keep the halachas. Straight, straight out, no, no question about it. A mourning, a house of mourning, and what's the other connection? Where Shlomo says, better to go to a house of mourning than a house of, of festivals. So the point is, there's an avoda in being in a mourner's house. It's not, well, okay, you're sitting, and now people come over and comfort you, and we make it a social hour. And we talk about everything. We talk about politics, we talk about this, we talk about that. Guess what? You're not supposed to talk about those things. That's the halacha. How many people, when you go to Shiv House, how many people follow that halacha? Only the ones who are aware of it and are trying to focus on it. Even those who are aware of it, a lot of times, like I go to Shiva house, I feel in a certain way I'm wasting my time. If there's already five or six people talking about all kinds of things, everything but the mourner and the deceased, talking about politics and this and that, I say, what am I wasting my time coming here? Sometimes the mourner does that. Well, the so the mourner shouldn't be doing that either. Shouldn't be doing that either. Okay. So therefore, that's why I, I, I always try uh, to go to a mourner's house when I figure it's going to be very empty. Yeah. You come, a lady sitting shiva, and, and six or seven ladies are there, forget <laughs> it. Forget <laughs> it. Just wasting your time. It's, you're just sitting there like a bump on the log. And, and nothing's getting accomplished. And people going around and eating, having a food festival. Oh, sure. Yeah. Bringing little babies. You're not allowed to bring little babies into a shiva house. Oh, here's your grandchild. Kuchi, kuchi, kuchi. Oh, look how cute the baby is. Look how this the baby is. That's not what you're supposed to do in a shiva house. All right? So, just like, and so, Cholomoid, again, I'm not, people are ignorant, let's just say that, or they are challenged spiritually. You know, you're not supposed to go to work Cholomoid, period. Okay? Unless there's exceptions. So now they take the exception and now they make it the rule. So same thing in a shiva house. You know, you, there's certain halachas. Yeah, but every, nobody does that. So what? <laughs> that doesn't mean you, you're supposed to focus on what life is all about. Focus on the mourner. People die. You need to have comfort because you got person might want to say, I don't believe in God anymore. So you have to be machazik, the person's amuna. It's a meeting. It's a meeting with God. So you meet with God under pleasant circumstances and you meet with God under unpleasant circumstances. And guess what? It's the same God who loves you the same. And that's what you're supposed to be talking about and thinking about during a shiva house. Right? You can have, God forbid, a tragic death. A young child dies. Right? So now there's a whole issue. person's amuna is going to be shaken. No different your amuna being shaken that way in, theory, in, in overall global understanding of Hashem than a guy going in business and people cheated on him on business and now he's a pauper. What's that going to do to his psyche? We're not going to say it's the same thing as a child dying, but for a person's anxiety, it could be no different. So what, how's the person going to recover from that? Whole year long, he's working, he has no self-esteem. There's that, on Yontif, he says, you're one of Hashem's children. And Hashem, you meet with Hashem, Hashem says, I know it's hard, 
But this is Pesach. It's a time of freedom. You have to realize that you're a free person. It's Shavuos. Well, Shavuos doesn't have Chalam It's Sukkos. You know, you have to have a Muna. Hashem is the one who protects you. Nobody else protects you. you. And you don't want to be busy working, distracting yourself from that. And you have to appreciate that time. And you have to dress appropriately and be prepared beforehand. If you're coming to a time to be with a guy, you don't come like a schlump. Well, I was planning on coming like normal, but I was I was out of the country and delayed. And that's right. Okay, we'll make an exception of that so you look proper for that. So the same thing, if Cholamoid, uh, being in a house of mourning, there's got to be a focus. And the focus is with Hashem. It's more focused with Hashem than with the deceased, so to speak. Although the deceased is the venue of which this meeting with Hashem takes place. All right? So, and there's supposed to be real focus. The fact that we don't see this and most are ignorant doesn't change what the halacha is. That's why people That's why the next session of Smichas Chaver is dealing with the laws of mourning. Okay? So that's the issue. So now the Rav Pincha says, if we make exceptions to cut the hair on Chol HaMoed, even though it's not in the spirit of Chol HaMoed, but with an exception, same thing. You're normally not allowed to get a haircut when you're a mourner. It's not in the spirit uh, for the mourner. So therefore, but we allow it if there are circumstances beyond your control. And that's why you'll find um, certain leniencies. For example, if a person has two consecutive shivas, that while the person is sitting one shiva, the last day, the, the other parent dies. So now, two consecutive shivas, there has to be room to make some leniencies. You can't have them in terms of hygiene and things like that, where for seven days we can expect that, but not for another seven days. And there's room to be lenient, because that's an example of some of the Yantis control. So therefore, the rule is, if you're allowed to have an exception for Cholamoid, you're allowed to have an exception for being a mourner. Yeah? We seem to be focusing on haircut. But Other things too. Yeah, I know. But how about washing clothes? No, but how about shaving? Because during a mourner's period, you don't shave. Period. That's all there is to it. So what? I don't understand where the difference is in here, and why would you be allowed to get a haircut and not shave? Or you're allowed to shave as well? Or how does it work? Okay, the shaving is a different story because it wasn't around in the days of the Talmud. Okay, the, oh, okay. in the Talmud, they generally yeah. didn't shave. Everybody had a beard. Like, yeah. since when does a Jew not have a beard? Right. So, so that that becomes a separate issue with the shaving, as we explained a couple of weeks ago. That's part of if you shave every day. That's part of day. But with a mourner, there's an added point. There's more points than one point. Besides it being a connection with Hashem, the way you connect with Hashem, in, as a mourner, is by playing down the focus on physical pleasure. So don't get a haircut. But it's already very uncomfortable for the guy. I think a haircut guy, is less uncomfortable well, than not Well, no, if, you, if, you, if your hair is all shave. over the place, it's, well, it's, no. you're not, you're not groomed properly, right? So, and, and generally, the, the focus is to not sp- spend um, time seeing how pretty you look like and things like that. But not to an extent where it's like uh, hurtful to you, so to speak. It's uncomfortable. 
They're not meant. Chazal never meant as shiva for you to be uncomfortable or to be in pain. They want you to not focus on physicality, right? And therefore, if uh, a person has very terrible body odor, so then he could take a shower, but not for pleasure. Okay. Now, person likes to take a hot bubble bath. No, you can't. No matter what, you can't because that's focusing on on, on pleasure. But if you smell, okay. So you take a quick shower for hygienic purposes. It's interesting. Hygienic care and um, beautification care. The guy hasn't had a haircut, and he really should have a haircut. And when you when your hair is wild, it's not a comfortable experience. It's hard to believe that because nowadays, in the younger generation, the kookier you look, the cooler it is. But, you know, a person, a dignified person doesn't go with long hair. Our, our, all our sensitivities have been corrupted by everything we're just shown. I mean, you go, you go through, you see a man with long hair, so, oh, that's normal. That's very normal. It's not normal. You're a weirdo. Okay? I was, you don't have hair flying all over the place. You don't want to see my graduation picture. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, so, so in conclusion, haircut okay, shave no, during, yeah, during, during Shiva, you would not, not ever be able to take it, uh, unless, unless, again, could be, let's say he wanted to shave and he was on a camp, but generally we won't be so lenient on shaving at all. But isn't it a lot for more 30 days, no haircuts, not just a Shiva? Right, yeah. so, so we're saying I mean, the same thing. Regardless, extends for the whole month to lesser. So you yes, you go to work during the Okay, month. so again, it's it becomes lesser, lesser. There's stages, there's stages of that. So there, it's, it's a unique thing of a thirty day experience. It's like, let's try to compare that to, um, um what do you call it, um, Sphero, where. Pesach is Yontiv. Shavuos is Yontiv. Now we got Cholomoid by Pesach, right? But then, as Ramban says, but really, it's sort of from Pesach all the way to uh, Shavuos is also like Cholomoid, says the Ramban. But not the same as Cholomoid. You understand what's happening here? What are we doing, what are we doing during Sphira? We're working on a spiritual development, right? We're working from who we were on Pesach to be able to re- receive the Torah and Shavuos. There's levels. You have Yontif, Mamish, Pesach, Yontif. You can't do anything, right? Cholomoyed, well, whatever you need to eat and things like that, you shouldn't go to work, right? But then we can't not go to work for seven weeks, but still we're counting Sphira. Still we're not uh, taking haircuts, but you can still go to work. Why? Because there's an overall focus. Pesach, that's a laser focus. Cholomoyed, it's a focus, but not laser. Okay? And then the next six weeks, it's a, a, a lesser focus because you have to still live in this world. So exactly what's... This is an interesting parallel. Just like we're comparing um, holidays to morning... So you see how this works. You have by Pesach to Shavuos, there's levels. The in, most intense uh, meeting with Hashem is Yom Tov. Less intense but still focused is Cholamoi. 
and less intense, but still focused all the way to Shavuos. Again, the, after Pesach until Shavuos, it's not just, just count the sphere and goodbye. Oh, I counted tonight. I spent one minute that, and, the, and it, then it's like regular anytime. It's not. So it's to work on your midos. Again, just as people don't do it, just because we haven't uh, appreciated the gift of Yontif, Chalamoid, and Svira, doesn't mean it's not there. And Halacha is meant to reflect that. When people look for all kinds of leniencies, and the leniencies become the default position as opposed to the exception, now we have a corruption of the Halacha. You follow? So really, during Svira, you're supposed to work a little less. Not that you don't work. But when are you going to have time to work on your midos? Well, I count sphere after Marv for, for 30 seconds. So that's my whole spiritual growth during that time. Oh, really? Then what did God give you sphere for? Oh, what? You spent, I got to spend some time working on chesed of chesed and gvura of chesed. So I got to work on. There's a focus. There's a meeting with God six weeks from now. I have to be ready to receive the Torah. So I don't want to be, I, but of course I have to work. I, I'm not going to work for seven weeks. That I can't do. I'm living in this world, but I have to make a focus. Same thing when it comes to the morning. There's the intense morning. The, the owning, right? And, and, and the burial. That is a, there, there's nothing going on there. Nothing going on there, right? Now we got the Shiva, where it's like Cholomite, where we still have to deal with the issue we still have to meet with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but after a week, it doesn't mean it's all over. You now have to integrate into society, and that's another 23 days where it's still not business as usual. Only after 30 days, now, so to speak, you have finished, you completed the process of living through this experience with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, that, so there's those similarities there. People, people just say, oh, okay, I'm a mourner, so what am I not allowed to do? That's not the point of being a mourner. It's, not, it's, just, it's just a guy saying, oh, Shabbos, what am I not allowed to do? That's not what Shabbos is for, what you're not allowed to do. It's what you're supposed to be doing. So if I don't do certain things, I'll have time to do what I'm supposed to do. Same thing with mourning. All those things are to make sure you will stay on the right focus. And there's different degrees of staying on the focus. So when, when you're an intense mourner where you've just experienced a death in the family, you have to rip your shirt. You have to make a bracha. Not rip your tie, rip your shirt. There's an avoda of ripping your shirt. There's a way of, you're saying baruch dayin emes and you're ripping your shirt at the same time. You are very much uh, connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu at that time. And then for the next seven days, you're talking all about the disease. You're talking about the purpose of life this and that, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to die one day, blah, blah, blah. And then moving on to the Shloshim, which is another level, but not as intense. So therefore, really, it is a very uh, reasonable connection between the two. One's from happiness and one's from sadness. Same thing with the three weeks. Same idea. Okay. A worthwhile um, discussion because, because it's going to just... We're going to be talking about morning and morning and morning and morning, so you have to understand. And, and it's unfortunate, most Jews, and even to a great extent, Orthodox Jews do not get this. Like, if you understand that time of morning, why are you making it a food festival? Why are you offering food to guests? 
And then we said, I, and then we said, I, you have to feed the guests. What are you talking so about? Why are Orthodox Jews having trouble with this area more than other areas? Because I'll tell you why. And it's the one thing I have my pet peeve against uh, the curriculum in schools. They don't teach it to little children. Mm-hmm. And that is the worst crime to do. Because, oh, we don't want to teach it. What, what, the children are fragile. They shouldn't know about death. They shouldn't know about mourning. They'll, they'll learn it from home. And they're not going to learn it from home. If you're not taught about it, you have to learn it. Just like we're learning at Smith Haskaver. Well, why isn't it part of the curriculum? Kids, what do you want? Okay, fine, little kid. How about high school? So maybe they figure, well, you know, we don't, death is death is a very important part of Yiddishkeit, and you, you need to learn learn it up, so to speak. And there's no such thing to say the kids too immature. You know, the kids in high school already. Okay, I say you don't want to teach it to a five year old. Okay, I get it. They don't want to harp on death. The kids are high school already. Believe me, they know a lot of things in high school yeah. now. So uh, they should know that too. So they're not taught. So where are they going to learn it from? So if you have a parent who really knows the halacha, okay, so in Europe, there was a lot of poverty. So all you have is the halacha. And they, and they understood. They saw in their home, this is what happened. But when the education system breaks down, then you don't see that it happens. So then you see what other people do, Right? Why, you know, you're not allowed to put flowers on a grave. It's against halacha. Why do you do it? Because Goyim do it. Yep. So people want to do that. Right? The only halacha of, of making food for a mourner, the halacha is the first meal from the funeral. That's the only one that the mourner does not make the food. There's no other halacha that he can't cook and make his own food. He has to live. How is different than Cholomoy? Cholomoy, are you allowed to cook? Yes. Is everybody cooking for you on Cholomite? No. Well, no, no. So if you're a mourner, you, you, you should, you're allowed to cook. And what's the problem? And if you're sitting, your spouse isn't sitting, why aren't they cooking for you? So all of a sudden, this burgeoned into making shiva meals and this and that. And if I, God forbid, would speak out against it, I'm a Russia Marusha. I don't care about people. I don't love people. I'm not interested. I have no feelings for people. I don't understand. Why aren't we making meals during Cholomite for people? What do you mean? It's Cholomite. What do you mean? You're supposed to connect with God. But God says, listen, you need to eat. You're allowed to cook. You're allowed to cook. You're allowed to cook. So now what happens is, now everyone's bringing cake and cookies and this and that and all these other things. And now, and now the mourner is so focused on worrying about wasting food. How are we going to store this? That It totally takes them off the focus. Okay, so you might want, you know, it, is the mourner so devastated that he can't cook. And now mourners say, oh wow, this is my great chance now. You know, I've got my six cousins and this and that. Yeah, we need meals for 25 people. That's right. 20, what, 25 people? How many mourners are there? Yeah. And now this becomes, a, and even the mourners when they're eating, it's not supposed to be like eating like at a Shabbos table. So the whole idea has been distorted from what? Ignorance. And we always follow our lead. If the Goyim do it, that must be the way to do it. And then the rabbis, what, what can they do? What am I, am I supposed to get up and, you know, and say, no, you can't? What are you talking about? Everyone's talking and joking and laughing. You're the only rabbi who feels that way? Yeah. <laughs> no, All serious. the rabbis I mean, feel that we way. We have so many rabbis, none of them tell but the they don't, people but what they do. But they're, you know, it's, it's a question. Tuyufta. 
Okay, we, we didn't get very far, but we did in another way. So okay, I gave years ago, I gave a class on Shabbos, maybe 15 years ago, about going to Moore's house. But the problem is, as much as our people are know, but they have a lot of friends who go to different shuls who don't do that. That's what I'm talking about. They want the rabbis. Well, it's the same with all the other things. Same with talking in shul and this. The schools don't teach it. The parents see that, and the parents don't teach it. Okay. Have a good day. Bye, my boy. I think a lot of that is people.